Good morning. It's great to be here and it's great to see all of you. I'd like to start with a short reading from a book entitled The Wise Heart, A Guide to the Universal Teachings of Buddhist Psychology by Jack Kornfield. And this is from a chapter where he's talking about intention, which I intend to talk about some today. And he's talking about long-term intention, which we can call dedication. Long-term intention is called dedication. In the forest monastery, we would gather before dawn in the candlelit darkness, and the monks would begin the sonorous morning chanting to dedicate our day. The chants reminded us that the path to awakening is possible when we dedicate ourselves to a noble way of life. We would dedicate ourselves to use the support we received for the awakening of compassion for all beings. Setting a long-term intention is like setting the compass of our heart. No matter how rough the storms, how difficult the terrain, even if we have to backtrack around obstacles, our direction is clear. The fruits of dedication are visible in the best of human endeavors. At times, our dedications are practical. To learn to play the piano well, to build a thriving business, to plant and grow a beautiful garden. But there are overarching dedications as well. We might dedicate our life to prayer, commit ourselves to unwavering truthfulness, or to work for world peace. These overarching dedications set the compass of our life, regardless of outer conditions. They give us direction and meaning. So, two friends run run into each other on the street. The first asks, how are you doing? And I says, I'm fine, how are you? Well, I'm fine, how's your son? The first says, oh, He's fine. He lost his job, but he's meditating now. And the second says, meditating? What's that? And the first says, I don't know, but it's better than just sitting around doing nothing. (laughs) A lot of times when we think about meditation or talk about meditation... It's that aspect of sitting still and being mindful and just being present that we talk about. And certainly that's something that's incredibly valuable, incredibly important to be able to let go of some of the distractions in our mind, to question some of the stories we tell ourselves, to wake up to this moment and realize how precious it is. But we also face challenges. We face personal challenges, community challenges, social challenges, global challenges. And these challenges require action of some sort. And that action requires choice. We have to choose our directions. So there's often a puzzling kind of gap in our spirituality which when we talk about spirituality, we could talk about it as living life deeply, living life fully and completely. There's a gap in laying down the path from this moment, this wonderful, precious moment, to the future, 
And the puzzle is this. We can't really experience the core of life, its vibrancy, its meaning, its beauty, in any other moment but this one. Yet the be here now idea, all alone by itself, does not take us to a sustainable future. Just sitting on a meditation cushion um, doesn't have a lot of direct effect. The ideal of uh, don't worry, be happy does not carve a path of choice in our life. So what does carry us from this moment to the next one? One way we get from this moment to the next moment is one we share with all other beings, and that's reaction. We react to something that's happening in the present, some stimulus. If someone stands behind me and says, boo, I will react, and that gets me into the next moment, probably a little faster than you would usually see me move. (laughs) I react to hunger. I react to temperature change, physical pain. A lot of life can operate in this kind of reactive mode, um, from physical desires, responding to changes in our environment. Yet there is another way that we move from this moment into the next, and that's what's going to interest us when we start talking about these meditation teachings. This is the faculty, the capacity, the aspect of mind that we call intention. In some way, it's very ordinary something that carries us through the day, uh, I can intend to move my hand. We intend to sit, to stand, to move, to eat. Yet there's also something very extraordinary about it, very marvelous. You can intend to move your hand and something actually happens. Your hand moves. And a deep understanding of intention is what we can have to make this connection between presence in this moment and mindful steps to a meaningful future. One of the interesting things about intention is that it can carry us through the momentary ups and downs of reaction. Another way to say it is that intention can trump our reactivity. It can be more powerful than our momentary stories or feelings or moods. An example, kind of simple and clear, is going to the grocery store. Now, I've gone to the grocery store without intention and with intention. Now, the trip without any particular intention, I just sort of wander down the aisles and look for whatever the shiny colors are, start putting those in the cart, and so I wind up with uh, chocolate and pretzels and... (laughs) Uh, chamomile body wash and a fancy new potato peeler, come back with about $80 worth of stuff and nothing that I can really eat. Has this ever happened? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, it's a different story when we go to the grocery store with intention. That That intention might be I want to make vegetable soup. That might have a component of some values, like we want to be healthy, we want to do our part to protect the earth. So we intend, I will get carrots and celery and potatoes and tomatoes. This is a different trip. We are probably likely to come back from the store actually with carrots and celery and potatoes and tomatoes. 
cookie might hop into the cart, but that intention is different than the reactivity of just wandering through the aisles and looking at what is appealing at that exact moment. So that's potentially very powerful. Something powerful is happening when we use this capacity of intention. You set an intention and you affect the future. You choose a direction. Intention can carve a path into the future that's not based on simple reaction or reactivity. And this experience of intention can have different layers, deeper and stronger. We can talk about long-term intentions. At these deeper levels, these longer kinds of intentions, it makes sense to talk about them as a kind of dedication. Again, um, this is something we've experienced. It makes sense to say something like, I'm going to dedicate this weekend to cleaning out the garage. Anybody ever said that? Or the attic or closet or something like that. And you know that when you do this, lots of things are going to come up. Yes, you're probably going to eat. The friend is going to call. Uh, different kinds of things will happen. But it's like there is a compass direction that no matter what else is arising, you are going to do something with that garage. It's an intention, a direction that keeps pulling you back. <clears throat> and that can be very, very powerful. The implications of this are really awesome when we start to think about it. If you can dedicate a weekend to the garage or to a project, dedicate months or years as well. Any of us who have worked with a career or schooling or um, some other kind of development, we've sometimes experienced that, dedicating years to some outcome that we really want. And that's powerful. We could actually dedicate our whole life, our time, our energy to, as the reading said, to prayer or peace. I could have an intention that is more important and more powerful than any reaction or change that I encounter. But here's also where we encounter a glitch, a very human one, and it's twofold. One is, where do we aim that intention? All this power that we would have with choice to make a future. You could use this power of intention to collect more used dental floss than anyone else on the planet. (laughs) It's possible to have an intention that might not really truly fulfill you. Some of the things that are popular choices with money and power and control We could dedicate a lot of energy and a lot of time to those directions and possibly not be entirely fulfilled by them. So knowing where we want to aim this power is important. And the second glitch, often more frustrating, is that our intentions often seem to change from moment to moment. One moment, we intend to lose 20 pounds, And the next moment, we intend to eat as many chocolate chip cookies as you could fit in a small U-Haul truck. (laughs) Intentions in conflicting directions. Description of this I heard once. He leapt upon his horse and headed off in all directions. (laughs) 
<coughs> so here's our problem. Our faculty of intention, what could powerfully carry us forward into the future that we want, can get hijacked by, you could call them other parts of our psyche uh, that we might not ultimately want. An image of what this is like, this experience, it's rather than us being a single individual, one unified consciousness with one direction, it's more like we're on a bus. We're a bus, a busload of different parts of ourselves with often different intentions. For a little while, the part of us that wants to lose weight is driving the bus, going in that direction, and then from the back, the cookie monster wakes up and grabs the wheel, and suddenly you're about face going in a different direction. And we have lots and lots of these different parts on the bus. The critical part, criticizing that choice for the cookies, perhaps a compassionate part. Many, many different elements of who we are that all would like to grab that wheel of intention and use it. Different riders. Um, some of them come from the past telling us, oh, we need to do the things the way we've always done them before. That's what's safe. Don't try anything new. That can be an intention. It can be motivated by fear of the future, finding fault with the future. Don't intend something that's risky. We have intentions based on separation and protection, me against you. The traditional teachings of meditation talk about five different areas of these disturbing aspects of ourselves that can grab that wheel. Grasping, aggression, ignorance or bewilderment, agitation, and doubt. One thing that meditation does is it cultivates mindfulness, mindfulness to know what is present in the mind. Actually, who's on that bus so they don't show up as a surprise all of a sudden. And some detachment, some disidentification, so that some of these energies, some of these aspects of ourselves can be activated, yet we don't identify with them. In other words, they don't get to drive the bus just because they're there. So, is there anyone on this bus, any of these mental factors that are really helpful, that can be beneficial to us? And the meditation teachings say, yes, two of them that we'll talk about. One of them is what we can call beginner's mind. This is the mind we cultivate when we sit in just this moment, letting go of the stories and distractions. I really like Shinryu Suzuki's description of this, who wrote Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind. He says, our original mind includes everything within itself. It is always rich and sufficient within itself. You should not lose your self-sufficient state of mind. This does not mean a closed mind, but actually an empty mind and a ready mind. If your mind is empty, it is always ready for anything. It is open to everything. In the beginner's mind, there are many possibilities. In the expert's mind, there are few. So being in that present moment 
is giving us many possibilities. Because when we're really present, really clear, we are becoming free of our stories, our limitations, our contractions. We could actually respond to this moment. The second thing that we can find that is helpful here is our values. That's also a part of who we are. What is it that's important? What is our life dedicated to? What is deeper for us than that moment-to-moment change and grasping? Something changes, something deepens and awakens when our intentions become anchored to what we really value. Knowing our values takes patience and mindfulness. Even though there's countless people who would tell you what your values should be, what should be important to you, I don't really think that can be done. How you experience value is unique. Spending time searching is important. What is important? And then what's even more important than that? Honesty, community, love, peace, happiness, service, learning, countless possibilities. But what is your unique constellation of values? Only you can find that. To identify your unique values, to base your intentions upon those values, to let those become deeply rooted, long-term intentions, dedication, is to finally have a compass and a direction from this precious present moment into a meaningful and fulfilling future, something that can carry you past every change. Meditation, mindfulness in whatever form it takes for us, and that's not always sitting on a cushion. It can be walking or enjoying a beautiful day, gardening. Meditation, mindfulness, lets us discover who we are. It lets us become clear about what is important. It lets us strengthen our deepest, most life-giving intentions and helps us let go of what could distract us from what truly matters, what truly nourishes us. It is possible to embrace this moment as a fresh and ever new moment, a fresh beginning, guided, oriented by the compass of our deepest and most enduring intentions, a beginner's mind, not running on reactivity, but dedicated to what matters most. May that be our way. May that be our life. Thank you all very much.